Hey everyone, welcome to the Industry Show. I'm your host Nitin Bajaj, and joining me today is Luke Cooper. Luke, welcome on the show. Thank you for having me today, Nitin. I'm I'm excited to be here. We are super excited to have you here. Thanks for joining us. Let's get started with who is Luke. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a profound question, I guess. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I I describe myself as a you know intentional entrepreneur. Uh, braving, um, you know, new territory for others that are coming up behind me. Um, I'm a two-time successfully exited entrepreneur, um, as you know, um, uh, you know, with exits in cybersecurity and also um, mobility, uh, enterprise SaaS, my last product. And um, before that, I was a, a lawyer, you know, uh, you know, these are all the professional things I do, but I'm also a dad. I have a, a 12 and a 10-year-old and they're pretty amazing. Um, play a lot of basketball, always excited to spend time with them. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I, I think, you know, my experience is as a, as a black entrepreneur, as a, um, as a black boy <laughs> that, that became a man, um, have informed my intentionality, particularly around, you know, making the world a more fair, equitable place for underrepresented um, folks. Um, I think the, the events of, you know, the last few years with George Floyd's mm -hmm. murder, et cetera, et cetera, have awakened the public, not only to um, the implicit bias, explicit bias that exists within forces like policing and other institutions like that, but also um, that exists and abound in, you know, the world of venture and um, in everyday life, quite frankly. Um, you know, and if, if you look at the world of venture, it's, it's completely lopsided, you know, 85% of the money has gone to, you know, explicitly to, to white males, mm -hmm. um, and nothing inherently wrong with that. Right. But, you know, the reality is that good ideas can come from everywhere. And I think, you know, part of my journey today, yesterday, <laughs> tomorrow is making sure that genius, um, you know, goes, does not go undiscovered wherever it is. Um, so that's, that's, that's what I'm about. And I think that's a more accurate way of describing who I am, as opposed to telling you I'm the JD MBA from two top schools. So yeah, that's, 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 um, that's who I am. I think, you know, when you, as you describe your journey and I know you only just even mentioned, not even all the highlights, right? You've had a, an amazing journey, especially in the last few years and, uh, the, the past few years have been very profound, very, it has led a lot of us to do a lot of introspection. Who are we? Why are we here? And where has our community got to? And uh, I'm personally super excited about what you're doing in, in making an impact and not just talking or thinking about it, which we should, but taking action to make a difference. Right. And, uh, I'm just amazed what you have accomplished in the past year while you've been on vacation. So, <laughs> so tell us a little more about how your vacation is going. Yeah, well, it, it's a good question. It's an, I mean, it, it's been a vacation of sorts, right? Like, um, I, I think what I've learned over time, you know, hiring engineering teams, you know, uh, um, building products that have affected markets um, substantially, uh, is that a period of interest of introspection retrospection is is super important um and you know for the past year it, it's been a sort of somewhat of a vacation but not really mm -hmm. um, but more of a, more or less a year of of rapid you know sort of reflection on the period of time before that the 10 years I've, i spent before that building um several companies uh and um and out of that you know came more confidence, conviction, certainty uh, in terms of the next five or six steps that I want to take, you know, in, in, in terms of fulfilling my life's mission. And, you know, I think the best way to, to determine that is just to start doing it. Because <laughs> yes. like oftentimes, I think we, we put all these roadblocks in front of us that limit our ability to, you know, make an advance toward the career or the opportunity that we want, not realizing that all this power and all this, this, this ability to affect change resides in us um, and through us um, at all times. And so, you know, this year was really about, you know, identifying, you know, my core strengths, a lot of my core weaknesses and things that I, you know, quite frankly, you know, need to continue to improve at. 
um, and and recognizing you know some of the successes that I had over the last you know sort of period of time building building companies, and out of that you know came you know sort of more conviction around some of the areas that I wanted to brave. You know, um, I partnered with a great um, venture capitalist on the West Coast named Farouk, and um, he founded a, a firm called Preface Ventures. Um, I'm a venture partner there, um, helping out with deal sourcing, evaluation. Um, we've written a couple checks here in Baltimore, and so I'm super excited about that. And and the emphasis there has been, you know, uh, my background, you know, in terms of industry focus, um, enterprise SaaS, predominantly, and working with young first-time founders. So two things that I think I'm very comfortable with, which you know, sort of led me to the relationship with Farouk, which have been developing over a period of, you know, five or six years. And, um, and, and so I'm super excited about that work that we're doing. Um, and, you know, and, and seeing the kind of, you know, almost immediate impact I was able to make um, in supporting um, that business, you know, decided to launch my own fund, um, which, you know, sort of just in the early stages of getting off the ground now, but that is a $500 million fund focused on, you know, making investments into, you know, black and brown founders and, and women, um, essentially all, all of the underrepresented categories that, you know, um, to me represent the largest opportunity for significant change um, in terms of growth uh, for, for the U.S. and for joining, you know, um, you know, territories around the country, around the world. And, um, and so I'm really excited about that work. I think, you know, we, we've got roughly 50 million secured um, through one of our partners. Um, so super excited about, you know, you know, that relationship and how it's evolving. Um, and we hope to, you know, get the, the, the fund fully, you know, closed, you know, sometime over the next six months. Um, and so I'm still in the very early stages of that, but very excited about that work. And, you know, the vision, you know, with all of this um, is essentially to create, you know, something like, you know, 13 to 1500 total investments, um, which should yield, you know, 300 exits or so um, over a five to 10 year period. And those 300 exits will create, you know, hopefully 300 millionaires. Uh, and if they're 300 black millionaires, that's 300 more than, you know, that we don't have today. Right. Um, and, you know, out of those 300 millionaires, you know, I, I hope to create, you know, 10 to 15 billionaires. Uh, you know, the world is, is short <laughs> on wealth uh, accumulation for underrepresented, you know, folks and tech, quite frankly, over the last 40 years has created more millionaires um, than any industry in the last 400. Mm -hmm. um, and that being the case, uh, you can draw a direct parallel between, you know, my inability as a black, you know, young black person, as a young Indian person to participate meaningfully in this new um, burgeoning segment of, of growth uh, effectively works to create a um, a civil rights abridgment, right? A civil rights uh, uh, violation, um, it, you know, curtailing my ability to participate meaningfully because most of the money is going in one direction. Um, and I, I think, you know, I, I've got a lot of answers for that that don't push us further away from each other, but I think they push us closer together and tie our fates closer together. And so, you know, Latimer Ventures is a fund that is going to be very focused on that. And we, you know, hope to establish a, a film and TV de department that will sit adjacent to this so that we can, you know, subsequently tell stories uh, about the incredible founders that come through, um, you know, come through our investment funds and have outcomes. Um, I think, you know, we're in the very, you know, sort of, um, uh, at, at, the, at, a, at a precipice, if you will, of, of uh, Black culture affecting all of humanity. Um, and uh, and the, the opposite side of that equation is that like there are people who in the past hadn't recognized um, the contributions or the ability, you know, uh, to significantly contribute to society and to economic machine in the ways that um, that, that black people and brown people have and, and can and, and continue to do. Um, Clubhouse is a perfect example of that, mm -hmm. you know, where culture is actually leading um, technology change uh, and how we consume, you know, various new forms of media. 
And so, um, you know, Latimer is going to sit right at the at the at the at the you know center of that, and I hope to you know use that as a as a as a lever to to really you know sort of change the world. You know, I'm in Baltimore, and you know, I'm I'm very much you know focused on you know driving outcomes in places like Baltimore. You know, we've got you know lots and lots of problems here that we want to solve, and I think Latimer, you know, will will affect those outcomes as well. So. I obviously said vacation jest, right? <laughs> You've launched two I'm funds. Writing a book, Nitin. <laughs> exactly. So I was going to come to that that you missed out on that part. That uh, a book is on the way, and maybe a movie, given given what you have been able to do. So super yeah. excited for that. Love, love the humility. So a lot of respect for what you have done and and who you are. So please continue to be you and. Uh, you know, continue to make that impact. You mentioned several things that are close to my heart, uh, you know, making sure that underrepresented communities are not that anymore, right? That we uh, we are on equal footing. Uh, that's what we try to do with this show, bring in people that uh, have amazing stories and have had these awesome journeys that people need to hear and get inspired and motivated by. And, uh, to be able to make that impact uh, at the ground level, I mean, $500 million fund and already secured 10% of that while you're just kind of, you know, getting started, that's amazing. And I know you you want to make a, a major impact in the Baltimore area because, you know, you've been there, you've seen what kind of opportunities are there. But at that scale, I'm I'm super excited that the impact is going to be at a national and at an international level. So super excited for your journey and what's coming ahead. And, uh, you know, the what really excites me is you're looking at what we haven't in the past, which is which is kind of putting the bias out. And and because of where we stand, we need to take those extra steps and say we want to go to these minorities or groups that haven't had representation in the past and overextend uh, on that front, right? And the great thing is, I think the time is now, right? Given what has happened in the past and the unfortunate events that have led to this moment, we want to capitalize on this. And I'm excited that you're on top of these things because I know, I know at your scale and size, you're going to exponentially drive these things. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited to see what the next six months look like. Thank you. So two funds, a book, and a media channel on the way. How many lives do you live? <laughs> and <laughs> this is just on. while you were on kind of kind of a vacation, a downtime. Yeah. So <laughs> no, I, it, it's uh, it's funny when I, I think when I was younger, I, 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 I chased a lot of different disparate things. And I did that, you know, for wealth creation, mm -hmm. um, and, and probably a, a substantial portion of that was ego as well. Um, and like it led to, you know, a mixed bag, right? I think when you when you drive with ego um, and sort of self, you know, gain or materialism, I, I think you know it, you'll you'll always wind up with a mixed bag of results. Um, and then also, you know, not feeling super great about the work that you actually did. And I think but you know, I wanna sorry, I, I don't yeah. mean to interrupt, but you're too humble and you're too modest <laughs> in, in calling it ego, but I think it may not have been ego, right? It must have been the circumstances that you were in and you were put in. And and maybe you want to reflect a little bit on that. Uh, it almost to me, your story sounds like you were pushed into a corner and the only way you could go is to push back. Right? Absolutely. I don't Absolutely. I don't think that was ego that was survival that was you know that need that urge to make something happen. Yeah, no that 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 is always ever present uh Nitin. there's no question about that. I I think you know um you know certainly every scenario didn't fall into that category of of my life. I mean I had a, had a, a bankruptcy um and one of my um and one of my the companies that I I I I bought, I acquired and, and tried to turn around and, and couldn't after a year and a half and put it back into bankruptcy. 
And I, I think some of like my hubris in that situation was probably caused by, you know, just, just hubris and ego, quite frankly, um, or, or just like not the ability to, to really comprehend um, how to manage 400 employees and all the things that come with it, like a true appreciation for that. And I think I've, I've, I've grown beyond that. But I think the thing that you're pointing to is not, not wrong. You're, you're absolutely accurate. Um, and it can stand tr as true as, you know, side by side with the thing that I said. In that, I think, you know, the desire to succeed and demonstrate that, you know, underrepresented founders, underrepresented folks that, you know, don't have a ton of resources, you know, can contribute meaningfully to society um, is, is, is etched into my very fiber. Um, you know, watching, you know, in a city like Baltimore, you know, where, where there hasn't been, you know, a black founder, you know, a black entrepreneur, a black tech entrepreneur to, to get to a meaningful exit in 21 years, you know, um, I knew that like I had to get to a great outcome despite the circumstances. So, you know, whether it was investors, you know, early on that like didn't really understand my business and told me no, you know, whether it was a daughter going through stage four cancer right at the very outset of um, my journey with Fixed, you know, whether it was a complicated uh, <laughs> journey of, of managing, you know, a, a lot of employees that for the first time were being led by a black founder, a black CEO, you know, black manager, black anything. Yeah. Um, I, I think, you know, I navigated those circumstances to the best of my ability with, with this concrete, you know, um, very crystallized, you know, perspective inside of me that, you know, regardless of, you know, the circumstances and how things might be crumbling or um, cascading around me, you know, as they always do in tech, um, that we're going to complete the vision, we're going to get to the mission that we, we, you know, we set out to. And I, and I think, you know, using certain tools like culture, you know, um, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, process, uh, you know, stand-ups, you know, retros and all the things that come with, you know, really gluing a team together. Um, those are the tools that, that helped us get there. And, you know, we were very fortunate, you know, after raising seven and a half million dollars in my last startup to get to an 11 X outcome. And, um, you know, and, and, you know, the, the folks on the ground, the, the, the people that work for me, you know, they share in that success and that, and their success, that success endures will endure forever in their own, you know, with respect to their own, you know, sort of career arc um, and wherever they go. And so I'm, I'm proud of that. I'm proud of that. But, you know, absolutely, I was very driven by, you know, the desire to succeed and get to a great outcome. And, and also, quite frankly, you know, for, for, for my investors, you know, investors are, you know, a necessary component, you know, oftentimes to scaling any venture cap, any, any venture back, um, you know, technology, uh, company and I was very fortunate to have some great investors, some tough investors, but ultimately, you know, um, everybody did okay, and we we um, we were good stewards of the capital that you know was 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 um, was afforded to us. Now it should have been more, right? And that's why my life's mission is really focused on this next next segment of um, you know figuring out the capital continuum for Black entrepreneurs. Because if you look at my outcome. You know, I raised seven and a half million dollars compared to my my peers, um, which I performed better than. Um, and the three or four peers that I had that were in my category competitors, uh, they might have raised about four hundred fifty million or so yeah. uh, collectively to my seven million. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, I got to a better outcome than they did. Uh, and so, like, if I had raised the appropriate amount of money, right, I would have been better capitalized and probably got to a bigger outcome just looking at the sheer, you know, scale of what we created. And, and the business has gone on to, to contribute significantly to the cash flows revenue and, you know, you know, product, you know, set of, of the fortune 300 that acquired us assurance, which is still a great partner to this day. Yeah. And, you know, as you're going through this journey and appreciating the growth that is coming in, you're recording these, you're, you're making sure that those learnings don't disappear, right? And then now you've brought those back on and you're not just providing the capital, but you're also a resource for these entrepreneurs that can learn from the mistakes that were made or the lack of resources that you were challenged with. And how do you come up with the right and the outsized outcomes that 
you're capable of, right? So it's it's on many different fronts, not just a check, but a strategic investment that comes with the experience that uh, unfortunately you had to go through. But fortunately for these entrepreneurs, for many years to come, they'll be able to learn from, from those experiences. Well, that's what I hope to crystallize in the, in the book that um, I'm, I'm hope, hopeful to launch in the next, um, you know, <laughs> next few months, uh, you know, book publishing can be tricky. So, you know, it could be a few months, it could be six months, it could be nine months. Um, but, and the um, chapters keep getting added. It's not like you're resting. <laughs> <laughs> True. Indeed. Indeed. Um, but yeah, I, I hope, I hope to do that. You know, I wake up every day and, you know, I, I, I wake up with this obligation on my shoulders because, you know, I, I, there hasn't been a black tech entrepreneur in Baltimore or in the state of Maryland um, that has, you know, received more than six and a half million dollars in, in venture capital financing for their business. There's not been a, a black entrepreneur that's received more than four and a half. There's not been a black entrepreneur that's received more than three and a half, two and a half, one and a half, one. <laughs> right. And so that, that, that's, that's, that's a shame. Right. And I, I'm not proud of that fact. I'm not proud of the fact that I'm the first um, to, to raise that kind of money and get to a significant outcome. Um, yeah. Now, the governor gave, is giving me a citation for this. Uh, the secretary of commerce gave me a, a, a citation for this, you know, and, and they're very proud of that fact. But I'm, I'm in some ways ashamed. And I it's so funny. The citation doesn't even hang from my wall. It's, it's tucked away in the corner because it's something that I don't think I, I, I should pull out until um I, i've affected these outcomes um you know and and the numbers have gotten worse right if you look at the period of 2018 to 19 you know baltimore poured in something like 150 million uh in venture capital financing across a wide array of businesses um in baltimore uh six and a six point seven million of that went to black entrepreneurs and i did my series a that year six and a half million so 6.5 million went to one black entrepreneur wow in the following year, that number declined to like maybe a few hundred thousand. Um, and so that, that's problematic. Uh, and, but, you know, we're starting to chip away at the problem. You know, I've got a bunch of great entre black entrepreneurs in this city that I work with every day and around the country, quite frankly, that I work with every day um, that I think will, you know, be part of the galaxy that I, I hope to create. I think there are a lot of people who talk about, you know, um, you know, technology frameworks and, um, and thought leadership around, you know, DEI and the tech space, mm -hmm. you know, the, the, the folks at places like Andreessen and, and Sequoia, et cetera. But I think what they're missing is like this real connectivity to the black community um, and, and that, you know, uh, understanding, you know, some of the, the lapses that we have, you know, um, as it relates to how to get into this, into this world of tech. And like what I think I give founders is confidence, right? The con Cause like what you, you know it intuitively that you should probably yep. dig a little bit more and do more customer discovery or do more product, you know, problem discovery or, you know, um, refine your sales playbook or, you know, raise more money. You know, these things intuitively, but like having the confidence of knowing how to say it, how to ask for things, you know, um, when to assert your, authority as CEO, founder, um, you know, how to lead employees who have never been led by, you know, a black founder before, right? Because you can't always hire all black people, right? You can't, you can't hire all white people either. Um, and, and we all know that, you know, diverse companies have higher profit and create the best outcome, best pro products. Uh, and so that's the world that we operate in. And I think what I give to black founders is, is really, you know, an operating model for how to, um, how to connect to this world, how to navigate it and how to, um, as we say, you know, stand 10 toes down, yes. you know, it, it, you know, adhering to mm -hmm. like who you are as a person so that, you know, you're bringing your whole self into every single situation. And I think that's one of the, the key benefits that I, I, I provide to the entrepreneurs that I work with. And I'm, I'm just so happy that, you know, I'm able to do that great work. I mean, they're incredible entrepreneurs and, like I said before, they're part of the galaxy, you know, the star, the, the galaxy of stars that, you know, I'm hopeful that the work that I'm doing, I'm so lucky to do, uh, will create over time. Absolutely. And, you know, I think it's not just for the entrepreneurs, but on the other end, for the investors, for the, for the VCs, you're in a very unique spot. You've, you've been through this journey. You understand these entrepreneurs in a way that 
I don't think anyone else can. Okay? Uh, the psyche, the challenges, the, the problems they're going to face that they themselves don't know. And for the VCs to be able to truly overcome that bias of, you know, just here are the disadvantages that we don't understand and that's why we don't make these investments, right? And that's why we are not over-indexing on these entrepreneurs. And for you to have that unique perspective, having gone through that journey yourself on multiple occasions, like you said, you know, you're not you're not proud of the accomplishments because I, I see that as a synonym for in the nonprofit world, right? I think the nonprofit's mission should be to go out of business. Yeah. There shouldn't be a need to have to solve these problems or have these underprivileged children, right? That's right. We should be an equal society. So, of course, I'm not saying or suggesting that your business model should be to go out of business, but wouldn't that be a great place to be in? Well, I mean, but you're, it's a, a, a different way of saying exactly what you said that I think has the same, you know, sort of force mm -hmm. is like, I, everything I'm about is, is about like finding a way to create opportunities that mm -hmm. will lead to um solid venture capital backed bis businesses in my hometown yes in places like my hometown mm -hmm. that raise more than six and a half million dollars right? <laughs> right like that that should be that should happen right and yes. so i think that that's just a different way of saying exactly what you what you said and we can all win in these scenarios mm -hmm. you know i think you know a lot of times you know we as black founders, as brown founders, don't always have the words to, you mm -hmm. know, um, perfectly explain to the market, you know, who we are as people, mm -hmm. how we are as people, and how those things will benefit the whole and lead to a better outcome. Uh, it's it's sort of like Nitin walking into a room with a with a big red pimple on your forehead, <laughs> right? Like you you that you might see it and it might look very uh, pulsing um, mm -hmm. to you, right? But like to the rest of the world, they might not even see it as a pulsing dysfunction or a pulsing, you know, issue. They might just like think of it, not even think of it, right? And so what I think I, I, I help particularly Black founders with is, you know, identifying like what are real pimples and how to, you know, not let those pimples affect, you know, uh, the words that are coming out of your mouth, how you show up every single day and every single conversation as your whole self. Um, yeah. Because like it, it is intimidating and you walk into a room you know, and I've done it both ways, you know, sort of pitching to LPs, you know, on institutional money, you know, and pitching to, um, to angel investors, you know, venture capital firms, as big as Sequoia, as small as uh, Preface Ventures. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that the conversations are very different, right, uh, uh, from the LP, which is like sort of a colleague, you know, peer, you know, group that you're sitting around versus you know, an angel room of angels or sitting on the stage at Techstars, for example, you know, or, you know, one of the accelerators that I, 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 I've done in the past, you know, in front of thousands of, of, of investors on a stage and you've got to deliver, you know, a, <laughs> you've got to deliver your whole company, the description of your whole company and why they should care about that in four minutes. Right. Like, I think, I think that's just fundamentally different. And what I give to black entrepreneurs is a way to do that without while being true to themselves and being their whole selves um in every situation because when you are your whole selves you can produce the best outcomes um like one of the ones i just produced very you know recently with fixed yeah i love what you said about 10 toes down right that's <laughs> be yourself own yourself and be proud of the fact that you are different and that's your that's your uniqueness right and, and we just gotta own it and and thanks again, you know, for doing what you do. And, uh, you know, it makes me think about the challenges you're facing. And, in, in, you know, if you were to boil it down to the one big challenge that uh, you're looking to address, I mean, I, you know, we talked about this, uh, this whole notion and, you know, how this needs to be a paradigm shift that becomes not just a, you know, not just a movement, but something that we can see on the ground. But when you kind of take a step back and look at this, how do you qualify and quantify this as the one big challenge that you're addressing? Yeah, I think I would I would call it inclusivity, right? I think some mm -hmm. people talk about access, yes. right? Like, it, you know, you can't even follow the trends and what's happening, 
you know, whether it's crypto, NFT, you know, whatever technology trends are happening, you can't even follow those. If you, if you live in West Baltimore, for example, and you don't have reliable internet, right? So like access is the beginning of that, um, is, a, is a crucial factor there. But I think beyond access is inclusivity, right? It, 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 is, it, is, it is the folks that have resources or, you know, knowledge about how to distribute resources better including my territory where I live in West Baltimore so that, you know, it's part of a, a larger, you know, node that, that has access, you know, and, and has, has the ability to engage meaningfully in the world that that's happening, you know, sort of behind um, the computer screen. Um, so I think inclusivity is a, is a big, is a big factor. I got, and, and I think intentional inclusivity is how I would, how I would call it. Not, not really, inclusivity because i think everyone's talking about dei in very broad terms mm -hmm. and um you know certainly there's a playbook for how to how to do that in any company but you know intentional inclusivity you know really requires like the individuals the individual teams that make up companies to be thoughtful about like how they um, provide that access to their you know fellow employees how they provide that access to their products right like think about like you know how much more growth you can get out of a great product if you just included other underrepresented categories of users and consumers and customers that are not consuming it today, right? Um, what are the features that are critical to uh, addressing their needs, right? I don't, I don't know that product managers are always thinking this way. I don't know that, you know, CEOs are always thinking this way. And so like a level of intentional inclusivity is necessary. Um, you know, and I'll give you a, a, a personal example. I was very recently, working on my laptop on, you know, fun formation activities around, you know, Latimer. Mm -hmm. And I noticed um, a group of, uh, of, of, um, of guys that were, you know, sitting sort of um, adjacent to me, you know, within 10 feet. And, um, and they were, I, I recognize all of them, right? They, they are investment professionals in my community. Um, I've even like very recently had a Zoom meeting with one of them. Um, talking about all the things that we're talking about today, inclusivity um, in the world of tech, you know, ways in which I can help their portfolio companies, you know, through advisory, et cetera. And, um, you know, they glanced over, right? But they didn't really even pay attention to the fact that they, you know, that they knew me, right? I don't think they even recognized like that I was a real person, right? Because if they had, they would have said, oh, that's Luke, yeah. right? They saw me, right? And so I think, part of it is just seeing us, right? But, but sometimes there are things in the way, like my shirt, right? Or the way I wear, you know, my, my, my necklace is out. Like you mm -hmm. might see me and think that I'm, yep. you know, someone I'm not um, because like, you don't recognize that like genius can exist in a lot of different forms. Yes. Um, and so we're not always inclusive and I didn't feel included or I didn't feel invited or, or like I had the right or the, ability to walk up to them and just have a conversation with them you know just the nature in which you know the the the, the interaction was evolving i could i could just tell and so i think you know a level of inclu intentional inclusivity you know which requires our us to see the other person right a venture capital to see the other person and see what they might have and invite them into a conversation is absolutely necessary and invite them into the conversation with no expectation right like that um you're gonna give me something right right um, I don't, I don't think that exists in our world today. And, you know, quite frankly, the, the best product managers, the best founders, the best CEOs, even the best board members, uh, are, are curious. <laughs> you're just curious. You're always thinking like, what is that thing over there that I don't know? Like, what is that thing over there that, you know, looks this way, but it could be this. Uh, and I, I think that curiosity is when you match it with intentional inclusivity is the, is the, is the, the kindling that can lead to, you know, um, a, a roaring fire of equality. Yeah. And like you said, it's only good for business. That we That's do it. That. That's yes. exactly right. That's exactly right. As we look at the other side of challenges, uh, opportunities, right? And I know you're sitting on a, on a gold mine right there with the work you're doing. If you were to summarize that as, you know, at the high level, what is that one big opportunity you're targeting with? with Latimer, with Preface, and uh, many more things to come. Yeah, I think uh, I am, I am, you know, hopeful to solve the wealth gap in this country, right. right? The wealth gap, you know, is estimated to be 
you know, somewhere around 1.5 to 2 trillion over the next couple of years. Um, and it's, it's, it's really causing a lot of the friction that exists within our, 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 our interpersonal relationships, our social relationships, our, our professional relationships today. You know, um, I can't tell you how many conversations I've had, you know, um, you know, in my own company and, 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 and big companies that I've worked at where, you know, it's, it, it, there, there's really an un, unfamiliarity and uncertainty as it relates to understanding the other side. Right. And, um, you know, oftentimes leading with questions that are inane or don't make sense. Right. Because, you know, there's all this clutter in the way that is defining, you know, who we are as people, as opposed to us doing that for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And, and so when I think about, um, you know, uh, you know, where, where this work can go, I, I think about like the, the wealth gap and like all the problems that it creates, you know, in our country, the divisiveness. And also the raw cost of it, like healthcare costs are, you know, enormous because of that wealth gap. You know, um, you know, we have a ridiculous number of, you know, children in Baltimore City. You know, overwhelming majority of whom are black, that you know are suffering from obesity, right? But live, you know, in probably one of the wealthiest cities in the world, right? Um, you know, it's also one of the poorest cities, right? But also, but you know, when you when you look at the entire population of the world. You know we should be living much better mm -hmm. um and and these issues are caused by that wealth gap right so the more wealthy people the more people feel wealthy the different you know the better decisions that they you know um have the ability to make and quite frankly they, they you know even smaller decisions right if you have more money you can make a determination to move out of a bad neighborhood yes. into a better neighborhood you know it increases your mobility um all kinds of things and you know that that's not the case today um, and I hope that some of the work I'm doing will, will solve that. Now, at, a, at a more ground, le ground le level, I, I, I look forward to the ways that I think DeFi, crypto, NFT mm -hmm. can rapidly speed up the development of yes. you know, ideas that will meaningfully bend the curve you know, of, of, of wealth accumulation you know, um, for underrepresented categories of people. Um, and I, I think it, it has, it, it has the, 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 the you know, immense... You know, potential to um, augment society in ways that just we haven't thought about before because of the nature in which value creation and value transfer can happen in all these, you know, just dis dis disparate situations. And so when I think about, you know, things like midnight basketball, for example, mm -hmm. that went out of business, you know, essentially, because, you know, we couldn't, we couldn't fund it um, as, as, a, as a society, you know, our, our, our Congress couldn't fund it in the, in the, in the 90s. Right. But like midnight basketball was having, you know, a significant impact on mm -hmm. on uh, on crime rates in, the, in in cities like Baltimore, cities like Bridgeport, Connecticut, where I'm from. Yes. Uh, and, um, and so like now introducing things like NFT and crypto into a world where, you know, I am the creator mm -hmm. and I'm working on a talent that you are watching that, you know, you might find valuable um, as it's reduced to a you know piece of art or a video clip. Mm -hmm. um, it's a new revenue form that. You know, not only um, you know will incentivize me to not do the things that you know I, I otherwise am forced to do, the decisions I'm forced to make as a young black man, as a young brown man, um, you know, whether it's driving a taxi or it's you know selling drugs. I think those are um, those those are um, you know not not mutually exclusive. And so uh, and so I think I think about all the ways that NFT and and um, and crypto, DeFi, et cetera, can can solve those kinds of problems. And I'm just excited. I'm excited to participate in that. I, I see it very much as like, you know, the ways that I saw the early Internet growing. And um, and yeah, like, you know, anything I can do to sort of further uh, encourage more of that, you know, because because I know the impact that it will have on. Um, on, on the issue of fairness and, in, and intentional inclusivity, uh, I, I'm 100% going to support. It, it is super exciting, right? This whole paradigm of revenue streams that never existed before are just a few clicks away. And like you said, you know, if we can provide that access, there is so much that can shift. And uh, yeah, I'm personally super super stoked about what can happen. And again, with you taking the lead on this, I'm, I'm sure we're going to see a lot of movement here in the right direction. As you look back in the rearview mirror and think about 
you know, a either a lesson learned or a success story that you're really proud of. And and I know you you have quite a few of those. Uh, what's the one that that kind of makes you pause and smile? Yeah, um, I have so many. Yes. I think uh, I think one that I would I, I talk about often is like um, getting mad or getting angry, but staying in the room, right? And yes. uh, I, I I look back on a very difficult situation that I faced as a founder. You know, mm -hmm. it was probably in inside of two years. You know, getting the company off the ground. You know, we were a, um, a technology SaaS platform that um, enterprise SaaS platform that uh, essentially told you about all your devices and you know, mm -hmm. their, their, how they were getting, you know, repaired, their, their maintenance and things like that. Um, essentially an $18 billion category within, you know, large scale enterprise in the US, you know, something like 14,500 mm -hmm. or so companies, you know, that have a thousand or more employees rely on this whole web of, you know, complicated, um, you know, logistics to solve their mobility problems. And we gave them a solution that, um, you know, that did it for them essentially with all the reporting. And um, it was a, it was a, a great, you know, product and it still is today. Um, but I, it, we didn't start that way. Right? We started like every other tech company, yeah. you know, focusing on the wrong market, you know, building the wrong product and everything else. And I'm a, I'm a JD MBA, as I mentioned, you know, two top 50 schools went to Babson, number one school for entrepreneurship for the last 30 years. And I still built the wrong product. <laughs> and I, and cause I think, you know, entrepreneurship is hard. Um, and I think, I think figuring out markets, uh, while technologies and mm -hmm. people and systems, et cetera, are changing, yes. uh, which all have impact on the very thing that you're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's, that's very hard. Um, and so I, I had to change quite a bit, but in one of those, you know, sort of, um, pivots, uh, I recall, you know, I had a group of advisors and, you know, one of those advisors is, you know, largely white male, uh, all white male advisors, um, who had put money into the company. And, um, I, I think, you know, their belief was that like that money, you know, gave them a certain license to sort of dictate, mm -hmm. you know, product dictate, you know, sort of, you know, operational, um, decisions, um, you know, how we would go about fundraising, all the things in the company. And it came to a head when one of them sort of reached out to one of my employees, uh, on a, on a few occasions, just, you know, asking questions, talking to them, guiding them and things like that with no you know, prior knowledge or prior communication with me whatsoever. Hmm. And, um, I had, I had to make a choice, you know, am I, am I really going to stand 10 toes down yep. and have a difficult conversation? Um, you know, or sort of like, let this one, you know, gloss over and then deal with it another time. And like, you're talking to a founder, right. That has, you know, my time at state farm, I probably, did, I don't know, 50, uh, trials, right. Where I, where I stood in front of a judge <laughs> in an open courtroom and I had to talk about a very difficult thing to drive a result for state farm. And, uh, and a as a first chair, right. I was in my mid twenties doing this work as a first chair, right. So where I'm the, I am the lead lawyer in charge. And so, and, and I, I still, despite that track record and experience, um, struggle to formulate the words, uh, mm -hmm. the sentiment, the emotion, emotional control in that moment to address, you know, this group of advisors appropriately. So I, I did as best I could to muster up the words and, you know, my voice, you know, sort of wavered a little bit, but I said it. And what I said was, you know, my team is my team. I've hired them. You've, you've given me money. You've supported me. You've become my advisor um, to support me and the leadership growth development of this, this product and this team. Um, and that's what I'm, I'm going to do. And quite frankly, that's all within the realm of CEO. So if there are things that right. you want to talk about, you know, I, I, I encourage you to say them directly to me in the room. Uh, and it, it, it was tough. I don't think it went over very well. Like one guy, you know, uh, yeah, he just turned red. <laughs> he just started turning red. And, you know, he was, he was clearly upset, you know, about the situation, but, you know, and I was as well, right. I was upset that he was you know, communicating with my team, you know, inappropriately, uh, et cetera. But I, I stayed in the room, right. And I went on with the meeting after I, I dropped that, despite the fact that he was visibly mm -hmm. upset about that, 
I stayed in the room, right? I stayed in the room and I went on with my meeting and I began to describe, you know, all of the things that were happening in the company, product development, product growth, customer growth, cash in the bank, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And the lesson there that I, I think I, I picked up and that I stick with today is like, it's okay to like demonstrate your true sentiment or your mm -hmm. emotional feeling, you know, behind, uh, you know, an action that might've offended you or might, um, you know, have been done differently or should have been done differently. Uh, but it's not okay to just walk away from that situation and not, you know, do your job, which might, you know, require you to, you know, continue to fulfill an obligation that, you know, uh, is relevant or irrelevant to the point that you need to make. So I, I you know, the lesson I, I sort of talk to founders about is like getting upset, using your intuition to sort of guide you on, you know, what seems wrong. And then like talking about it in the room without, you know, yelling and all that kind of stuff, but then, you know, continuing on with your job, right? And so when I say standing 10 toes down, you know, I, I really mean it. And um, it's, it's, it's bubbled up in my career in a number of ways, um, even after that. I see a, you know, another way to think about that is it's okay to be angry. It's okay to, to channel that, but the, the lesson there is to be in control. That's right. And if you lose control, you lose control, right? Uh, if you're not in control of your own emotions, you're going to lose the situation and to stay to keep that together uh, is not easy, but has to be done. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Because like, again, like, you know, and this is why I encourage teams as early as they can to define the vision, yes. all right? Because that vision, if it's powerful enough and important enough, it will keep you focused on, you know, the hard work that you've got to do adjacent yes. to the easier work that mm -hmm. often requires you to say things in rooms that, you know, are hostile or not, might not, you know, fully represent, you know, your community or where you're from, yes. but you've nonetheless got to do it. And, and in my mind, a vision is nothing more than a progression to that thing. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, defining that as early as possible will help you understand the steps that you need to take to get to the vision. Uh, and when things come in the way, you can easily see how, you know, this is sort of a sidestep or this is a necessary thing that I have to do to get to this next step to complete the mission, which then gets me to the vision. And, and this is where I think leadership principles and your, mm -hmm. and your culture really, you know, get defined. I think people throw words around like integrity and, mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, intelligence and all, all kinds of things, you know, about their culture, you know, without really understanding like whether or not those are the right principles that get you to the outcome that you really want to get to. And, and, and quite frankly, you know, the leadership principles are dictated by the mission, <laughs> right? That's why, that's why Facebook's early, you know, principle, leadership principles were really sort of evolved around like move fast and break things. Mm -hmm. I think Mark Zuckerberg was great, you know, um, to sort of establish that early on because um, it's what led to their rapid growth, right? And as they've, you know, sort of um, evolved their growth uh, and, and had some challenges in various sort of, you know, um, you know, areas of, of, of concern, like privacy, mm -hmm. um, et cetera, uh, they've, they've changed their leadership principle yes. to <laughs> something different. Right? right. And so I think, you know, understanding and defining those leadership principles and the vision, you know, is the thing that like gives you confidence to, to, to make those hard decisions and have all those difficult, you know, conversations, regardless of where they occur. And hence, having the right kind of mentor who has been through those journeys, someone <laughs> like you, is so critical, right? Absolutely. Well, I can't mentor everybody. So, you know, a lot <laughs> of my, my work is about, you know, sort of uh, automating, replicating, and, you know, distilling what I do down to, you know, um, a, a set of principles and, um, and uh, products, quite frankly, as well, artifacts and documents that can be shared and provided to entrepreneurs, um, you know, from every, you know, part of the world that, that will help them navigate these journeys. I, I think we, we'd learn, we, we spend a lot of time, particularly in universities, mm -hmm. talking about entrepreneurship and very broad, you know, sort of terms using, you know, sort of these outdated, you know, case studies, if you will. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and they're important. I think that's, it's, that's a, that's an important mode of learning that can expose you to entrepreneurship and how it actually, you know, sort of happens and gets baked. 
But I think there's other underlying categories of entrepreneurship, intentionality around entrepreneurship, um, you know, inclusivity and, and the yields that we get from that, um, you know, how entrepreneurship, tech entrepreneurship specifically has, um, has, has, has worked or not worked for black and brown people, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and the limitations of that and how it's impaired our growth, I think are just as fundamental learning uh, learnings to uh, tech entrepreneurship as, you know, figuring out how to get to product market fit and rapidly experiment. Um, and so once we bridge those gaps, I think you'll see greater, you know, sort of, um, you know, cultural harmony between, you know, all of the, the various, you know, cultures that exist and, and, you know, different, you know, underrepresented categories um, and, and technology and venture capital and, and all the other, you know, communities relative to them. Looking forward to the book and those videos. <laughs> you got it. You got it. Yeah, I'm considering uh, launching a, you know, a very short form, um, you know, uh, discussion mm-hmm. uh, video that I would I would do maybe once or twice a week where I would talk to a guy like you about, you know, um, mud, how to move from the mud to the magic in some yep. in some category. And, you know, as, as we, you know, sort of get closer to the book launch, you know, we're going to continue to like, do a lot of things that I, I think, you know, um, leak, you know, some of the information and, and assets that, you know, um, I, I think are important things to talk about from the book. And so look, look for more of that, you know, over the next few months. Really looking forward to it. I want to switch gears and talk about uh, what we call one line life lessons. And I know you have plenty of those would love for you to share those with us. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, some of the ones that I, I think I talk about often and are, are some of the ones that I used in my last company that, you know, helped us to get there. You know, I think they're deeply applicable to, you know, all modalities of life, mm-hmm. um, even our interpersonal relationships to some extent. And, and, and so I talk about them, you know, with, with, with a wide variety of people, whether, you know, it's in my, you know, sort of board advisory work, you know, at institutions like University of Maryland, Baltimore, where I'm a trustee, or, you know, whether it's with, you know, partners and colleagues, you know, that, you know, I'm communicating with about, you know, my investment um, and things like that. And, you know, so some of the ones that, you know, I, I talk about are like, say it in the room, right? I think, I think that's an often overlooked, you know, um, you know, simple, you know, um, uh, statement that, you know, we, we, we sometimes just don't do for lots of reasons, right? you know, we don't have the courage, right? And that's another area where I help entre- black entrepreneurs specifically develop the courage to simply say it in the room, right? Just to say, to tell an investor, hey, on your website, you say that you're about, you know, a- empowering black entrepreneurs mm-hmm. and you understand and recognize that, you know, there's this, this imbalance, you know, why, is, you know, you're at like 90% confidence that you're gonna write a check, mm-hmm. you know, why are we still in due diligence? I got those are fair questions, right? And I encourage entrepreneurs, yep. you know, not disrespectfully, right? Not 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 with any sort of animus or 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 anger, right? But with you know just just pure intellectual curiosity, you know, to to better understand, and also maybe to help them understand, you know, what what implicit bias they might be, you know, mm-hmm. operating under. Um, and so I think, you know, saying it in the room can just like speed up. Yes. Uh, some of the <laughs> conversations, the critical conversations that we have to have mm-hmm. uh, so that we can get to the more important work, right? Because the more important work is to me is about growth. It's right. about individual and personal growth. It's about um, growth in our communities uh, around, you know, health and wellness. It's about, you know, capital growth, mm-hmm. you know, that this company, this country has never seen. I mean, if you look at the period of time in this country, in the U.S., from 1960 to 2010, you know, we essentially added 50% more GDP, mm-hmm. only for two reasons um, that stem from events that happened in the 1960s. We added women to the labor force, and we added immigrants. We changed our laws to allow you know immigrants to work here, mm-hmm. and um, and those had you know sort of cataclysmic uh, you know impacts on on our on our growth. Um, over a similar period of time, from 2000 to 2019, Citigroup did a study that said we lost a trillion dollars of, of economic value that should have been there, you know, because of, you know, the, the overt biases that exist within housing and, mm-hmm. you know, other categories of, of important, 
you know, economic empowerment through our, our, our society. And, you know, that's just, that's, a, that's, that's shame on us. You know, that's shame on us that we missed that opportunity. Um, but, you know, I'm sitting, you know, um, you know, very circumspect, circumspect at the table, 10 toes down, making sure that we don't miss the next one. Yes. And, and I would say shame on us, not you, you're doing something about it. So well, it's all of us, you know, if, if I, if I don't articulate, you know, the vision, um, effectively in a way that encourages and helps illuminate, you know, the pathway for other VCs, you know, limited partners, you know, institutional limited partners, you know, to, to write checks yes. into my fund, uh, to support me as their partner to do this important work, then I've failed, right? I, I need to be able to deliver on that just as well as they deliver on their promises to make a more fair and equitable society um, and, 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 you know, allocate, you know, capital resources in a way that um, reflect, uh, you know, the, the, the tenor uh, expectations and the will of everyday average, average people, because that's what I am, right? I'm, I'm, I'm exactly that, I, I'm them. And, and that's what makes and puts you in that position where you can relate to them, but also take that intention to action. No, I mean, you're exactly right, Nitin. Like, I, th I think there are, you know, a lot of people who are talking about DEI, but until you've been, you know, a, a dark skin, right? And I, and I say that ex explicitly, and I, and I know we have that in common, right? Or we're, yes. you know, in the Indian culture, yes. you know, there's, you know, sometimes a chasm between dark and light. Mm -hmm. And we have that same thing in the black community. Yes. Um, and when you're a dark skinned black male, right, with even dark fingers, right? <laughs> yeah. And you walk into a room, uh, you know, and in the back of your head, you, you question things, right? Yeah. Because maybe your father was in jail most of your life, like mine, right? Maybe yeah. and he was a heroin addict, right? Yeah. Maybe, maybe, you know, um, you know, all your cousins and, you know, uncles, etc., are dead or in jail and, and, and then, you know, um, abject poverty, right? Mm -hmm. Like that leaves a stain in your mind um, around your ability to, um, you know, exert, exude confidence uh, mm -hmm. in fundamental ways. And, and so, um, you know, I'm talking to them, right? <laughs> my, my conversation, you know, what I'm about is, is about, you know, sort of helping, you know, individuals, you know, like that navigate this, this incredibly, um challenging world right because because they have to because it has become you know the ultimate you know uh machine for wealth creation and for us to sort of speed up that you know development for you know black and brown people we've got to we've got to do that and 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 just because i'm targeting those folks doesn't mean that my message doesn't uh have overlap i, I think the, the, the message is 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 deeply applicable to um, you know the LGBTQ community, I think it's deeply applicable to you know um, women uh, specifically who are who will also be targeted by my fund as yeah. well. Um, and you know today make up you know fifty percent of my angel portfolio um, of individual checks I've written to founders who I support you know day to day you know with you know everything from how to hire to how to fire to how to develop strategy. And so I think this work is the most important work I could do. And I'm so thrilled that you are doing it. So tell us any more lessons you have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Another lesson that I, I, I talk about a lot, I think, is um, informed captains, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I think it has the ability to sort of empower people in fundamental ways and change organizations to make them more autonomous, right? I think a lot of particularly large-scale organizations, they struggle um, to seed more uh, autonomy to their employees because they think that, you know, oh, without the proper controls, my employees are going to run amok or, you know, destroy important relationships with client relationships, et cetera. But like what I've learned, at least in hiring, you know, people, you know, oftentimes who are 10, 15, 20 years younger than me, um, is that they have an incredible uh, duty of obligation and, and care when it comes to um, taking taking, you know, good care of the things that you, you, you give to them. And so I think it starts with giving them things, but also establishing, you know, um, through principles like informed captains, 
um, you know, how they're expected to sort of take care of that thing. And, and so, you know, the, 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 the model behind informed captains for me is really, you know, when I have a thing or when I walk into a meeting with my team or, you know, um, with one of my entrepreneurs and I'm coaching, uh, you know, and we're talking about a thing, we can't talk about that thing until someone says they're, they're going to own it. Yes. So if it's a project that we're working on, I want someone to say, I own it. I'm going to own all decisions around that. Right. Um, and so, and, and so I think it's incredibly empowering to individuals and to companies on the one hand, you know, you're ceding uh, control of that thing to the employee. Right. But at the same time, you're empowering them, you know, by, you know, uh, um, you know, sort of enforcing that they will, you know, follow a model of informed captains. That means that they own that, right? That, that even if you have to hand it off because finance has to do something to it, you know, you have to be the one in charge of getting that thing back to bring it home. Um, and I think that's incredibly encouraging, empowering to, to individuals and like a way to like firm up and build, you know, an organization even at the very outset. Um, now, if the vision and mission are not solidified, you know, you're, you're going to struggle, you know, with just giving away autonomy. Right. Um, and so I, I, I think that you have to have a solid vision and mission first that everyone is, you know, 100, you know, unequivocally uh, committed to, but you know, that's another, you know, principle I live by hunger for growth is another one just, you know, doing a little bit every day, just sort of en enhance our ability to, 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 to grow, right. Whether it's, you know, um, you know, listening to, you know, a, a podcast about a subject that you don't know anything about, but that you want to learn more about, and then trying your hand at that so that you can actually learn, you know, more about that. I think, you know, learning is, is, is critical to, to life, <laughs> right? You're not alive if you're not learning because learning is growing. And so, you know, I, I, I encourage, you know, people that I work with and the people around me, even my children every single day to, to learn something new to, to seek out that learning um, mm -hmm. and everything that they do. Um, you know, I, I could go on with these leadership principles and things that I, I sort of live by. Um, and they, they, but they come from a good place to tend. Another one I, you know, sort of talk about is, um, you know, uh, you know, being the ability to like be upset, right? And this is like very close to the, the one I began with, uh, you know, in terms of, uh, um, you know, getting angry, but staying in the room. Yes. You know, this is more like, you know, getting upset or being upset or being focused or being, you know, when your brow is, is furled up, you know, because you're very much, you know, focused on solving a problem and you can't figure out why your numbers are flat. You know, those are all difficult, you know, sort of, you know, things that you've got to navigate for sure. But even in those moments, you know, the ability to, to crack a smile, mm -hmm. right, just like smile. To, 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 to look at across at your, at your product manager, at your, your VP of technology, at your, your head of customer support. And despite the fact that we're, we're in a you know, really difficult situation, mm -hmm. like I was many times, you know, weeks away from cash flow zero, weeks away from not making payroll. We never missed a payroll, but we were often you know, weeks away from that because of undercapitalization. But my ability to talk about those things and at the end of that crack a smile would encourage the team that like, we're going to be okay. Yeah. Right. And I learned that from my daughter, you know, she, she braved stage four cancer yeah. about a month after I founded my last company. And, you know, we would go to, to Johns Hopkins, you know, um, after, you know, her, her, her initial surgery to remove uh, the kidney, you know, all the, all, you know, and this, it was bad. I mean, the, the cancer had flowered up to her lungs and um, you know, she was four, four and a half years old. Uh, but very aware of what was going on. And, you know, we go in over the course of the year, you know, to get our chemotherapy, radiation treatments and subsequent surgeries, et cetera, port removal, et cetera. And through it all, you know, uh, you know they'd be pumping vincristine and dactinomycin and these really harsh chemicals through her body. And she would find a way to smile, to simply smile, right? And I, I think that, 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 is, that is one of the, you know, one of the most critical lessons that like stuck with me through every aspect of company building and relationship building is the ability to, you know, have difficult conversations or, uh, you know, address difficult things and, you know, still be able to crack a smile um, because life is short <laughs> and we're only here for a very brief while. That is such a profound lesson. And 
you know, I think we talked about this previously. I mean, she's my hero. And, uh, <laughs> you know, having that courage, that ability to one, not just go through this uh, and not ask why me, right? But at the same time, have the ability to smile. I mean, she's a she's a teacher and a leader and can't wait to see what uh, she ends up doing and getting her on the show in, in some time and, uh, you know, talking about her story and journey. Look, this has been an absolute pleasure. I really, really appreciate you making the time to share your story, your journey, your accomplishments, and, you know, continuing to have that humility and that modesty that uh, that is so unique to you. And, uh, you know, I, I honestly can't wait to to see where this is going and uh, whatever we can do and I can do to help you in this journey, it'd be our honor and our pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, Nitin. And um, yeah, and thank you um, to your listeners for, um, for, for tuning into this. Uh, I hope that, you know, some of the things that I've said today will, will be impactful and help them. Um, it's my life's work. And if there are other, other ways that they want to get involved or help me, you know, certainly feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'm very active there or follow me on Twitter. Um, uh, and you just search my name, Luke Cooper, and you'll find me. But you know, so great to be with you today. And um, I'm encouraged by the great work that you're doing, um, allowing this platform to, um, to expand the, the kinds of voices that can be heard. We're just a drop in that ocean or, or maybe a, a blink of a star in that galaxy that uh, you're building. And, you know, would love to shine any, any light we can on the work you're doing. Thank you once again. Thank you.